0: Welcome back to the BDSM show, the official podcast of
1: FoulWeatherFans.com. As usual, I'm Billy. I'm Debo. Uh Thanks for joining us this week. You can find us on Facebook.com slash BDSM show. Uh, we're also on Twitter at BDSM show. Um, so I figure we'll get to uh, kind of a, a running theme in the show. We'll start off with fantasy football. Um, I've got good news and bad news, Billy. Okay. Uh, what do you want to hear first? Um, give me the good news. The good news is Matt Pratter... Uh, the guy who I drafted, uh, unbeknownst to me, he was uh, suspended for drinking Natty Lights, uh, has been picked up. So, everybody out there who told me I was an idiot, take we'll just see when he starts kicking 70-yard field goals. Yeah, take that, take, on take that. Asses? He's going
0: to be your, your MVP in the second half.
1: Ke- Kevin was texting me, Black Jesus, and he was like, bro, you should drop Pred, or they s- dropped him, or cut him, or whatever the word is that he uses. And I was like, no way. I know what you're going to do. You want to try and pick him up. Um, but the Lions picked him up. Uh, their kicking has been terrible this year, so I know he's going to get a start. Um, that's the good news. The bad news is uh, I lost again. So, Oh,
0: well, the was, good news is there, you were not alone. Uh, both of us got blasted pretty good. So...
1: Um, Drew Brees has not been doing me any favors this year. Um, and I used a second-round pick to take him. Yeah. So I've been really disappointed with Drew. Maybe he can, you know, if we talk enough shit about him, uh, sorry for cursing, uh, this week maybe he'll uh, wake up, you know. Pull a Tom um, Brady. Yeah, go Tom Brady and uh, show me wrong. Yeah. Um, so that was my bad news. Is uh, I lost. Drew Brees is a bum. And uh, Matt Prater got picked up, so I, I'm going to wait until the official word before I drop my other kicker. Sure. Uh, that he's going to start. Probably the safe bet. Yeah, yep. And then I'll uh, see whatever I can pick up off the wires. I probably could use a little more depth at receiver. Sure. Because uh, most of my receivers have been uh, single digits for me uh, the last couple of weeks.
0: And that is never good. Uh, I... so. Had, run us
1: through your picks, sir. Yeah, run us through your week. I
0: had the uh, the good fortune of playing Leilani, who had Demarius Thompson, Thomas. And uh, I, if you missed it, he put up like 33 points in the first half. And so I was decent shape going into the, the afternoon games on Sunday. And then by about halftime of the Broncos game, I was done. Uh, Michael Floyd didn't do me anything. And he was really the only other guy I had going at that point. And I thought, man, if Michael Floyd can give me fifteen points and you know, the Cardinals can play okay against the the Broncos, I might be okay. I might pull this thing out. And then neither worked out and that game just gave me the D. So
1: And you said pull this thing out. Yeah.
0: I got I got blowed out, you got blowed out. Uh yep. Allen beat Kevin. Jason beat Mike, as I called it. Uh The reverse jinx didn't really work. Uh, Steve B. TJ. So, you know, way to go, TJ. I I took a flyer on you, and you let me down. Uh, (laughs) The only person not to score 100 points last week. So, uh, thanks a lot, Dick. Uh, That put me at two for five on the picks last week. So, I started high. I'm trending down. I have a feeling this week we're going to scoop back up and I'm going to get back to the top of the fantasy football pick-em mountain um, and maybe make some money on a Vegas parlay if I can sucker those dummies into to giving me a line there. Uh, this week, I'll be taking on Allen. Yahoo is currently favoring him. I'm going to take me because, as I've said before, I love me some me and I'm never going to get... You know, never gonna pick against me. Uh I'm like Pete Rose. I will not bet against my team. Uh we have Devin. You're playing Mike. Uh Mike is in a little bit of a slump now after being the world beater for the first couple weeks. He's now lost two in a row. He's falling off the mountaintop fast. Um I've uh Yahoo is favoring you at the moment. Uh may change with bye weeks. He's got a couple stuff. moves to make. Um I'm gonna go ahead and pick you. I'm gonna take a flyer, I'm a co-host here. Uh, to keep that uh, juggernaut train f- crumbling down the mountainside. Um, Derailed. Exactly, region. exactly. Uh, Kevin is playing Justin. Currently Yahoo favors Justin. I'm going to go ahead and pick Kevin. Uh, no reason, just because. Just because every time I pick Justin, he disappoints me. So uh, Leilani <laughs> is playing TJ. um Leilani has either gotten whipped by, like, the week's best performance every week or, you know, curb stomped whoever she's playing. Um, Yahoo favors Leilani. I was going to pick TJ, but I remember how he effed me last week when I picked him. So I'm going to go ahead and go with Leilani, and I hope she curb stomps him. Um, I'm comfortable saying that, so uh, take that, Dick. And the last pick, uh, last matchup is Steve versus uh, Jason. Jason being the lone undefeated team, and Yahoo's picking Jason again. I'm going to go ahead and pick Jason, who somehow is undefeated, having half my money league team, while my money league team is winless. I don't know how that, how that works, but uh, winless it is that way. Uh, the day Lashawn McCoy scores a touchdown again will be like the first since Week One, and that curiously was my most competitive week. Uh, it's been three, four weeks now of just utter disappointment from everybody on my team except Julio Jones. So um, hopefully we can get that that yeah. ship righted. So uh, again, Yahoo's favoring Jason. I'm going to pick Jason and. Uh maybe the reverse jinx works this week, but again, if he loses, I want him to score lots of points because hopefully that means the rest of my money league team is indeed putting up lots of points. So
1: uh now you go ahead. Oh, go ahead. You have Percy Harvin on your team um and you had him on the bench. I did. Which I think was a gutsy move, but seems this week to have paid off. Yeah. The fantasy football gods and the NFL football gods have decided that they uh, don't like Percy Harvin. Apparently, Um, he had an incredible week one, but three touchdowns called back last week. Yeah, and I think it was the same idiot holding on at least two of them. Yeah,
0: that's where you um, you have the the uh, soap in the sock party after the game.
1: Yeah, how does that how does that work? Like, if you're Percy Harvin, like the same dummy holds twice, well, it gets caught. They all hold, I guess, right? So, it gets caught holding twice, and you've, you know, just run 80 yards or whatever it is for a touchdown. Is it like, hey, guy, do you want to win or do you want to lose? You know.
0: Yeah, I think you so, on the way back to the huddle, you give him a little sack tap, and uh, <laughs> nice. you know, let him know who's It'd boss. That'd be great if
1: the camera caught that too, like a quick little dick punch. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um last week I'm going to I'm going to transition us a little towards NFL. Um last week you and I spoke a little bit about it, uh Tom Brady and his um decline. His he's waning uh abilities to throw the football. Sure. And um I think he's one of our listeners uh, cuz you know after our our show after we recorded that Probably three days later, I must have read at least two other articles about Tom Brady and, you know, how he's been kind of falling off. Yeah. Um, So I really do think people are paying attention to what the uh, BDSM show was putting down, especially um, Tom Brady. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure after his... I mean, he, first of all, we said he would need to walk on water to win, um, and he did just that. Absolutely. And I'm pretty sure I saw him... um, after the first touchdown, look right into the camera, and you probably have to beep this and think he just said "fuck you BDSM show." He did. He did. I um, heard it with my own ears. I, I know. I saw his lips, and I was like, "Whoa!" On the replay, they had to probably blur his lips out, you know? Yeah, because uh, you could easily say t- that's what he said. So it was very uh, rude. I agree, but you're welcome, Tom Brady. Yeah, because uh, that's glad we exactly could awaken that needed. beast in you. mm Hmm. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, and you just say when you lift up that trophy at the end of the year, or you just let us let them know that you know it was the BDSM show that woke you up. Yeah,
0: and give your uh, your playoff check to us because, you know, we I mean, just, we were part of it. We were part of it. You and I, Devin, we were part of this.
1: He's probably listened to the podcast like every week in the gym, you know, like every day. Yeah, his He's motivation. Like, oh, sons of bitches. Let's,
0: let's see what these dicks are going to say about me this week.
1: <laughs> Reminds me of a quote. It reminds me of a quote from uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Oh, yeah. I'm going to kill all you sons of bitches. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> a movie poop shoot. I know for sure. He's listening to it every week, and he's like, if these dicks talk about me this week, so help me God, I'm going to go out there and throw four touchdowns this week. So whoever's got him in fantasy, by the way, you're welcome.
1: Yeah, Yeah. right up. Good on you. I got a possible trade for you. <laughs> Drew Brees. Nice. Um, let's, there was, uh, uh, this weekend college football, um, we had a USF buy, which was, I hate to say nice, but it was kind of nice to be able to like do other things on Saturday. Yeah, it was a break. Um, there was a huge shakeup in the, uh, in the upper ranks of the, uh, um, you know, the, the BCS, uh, playoff system. So why don't you run us through, um, you know, the top, uh, let's say eight, uh, teams. Yeah, well what you had happen um, basically was the biggest day of college football
0: in Mississippi like ever. Uh, you had number six Texas A&M going to play Mississippi State at uh, wherever it is Mississippi State plays. Stark, I think Mississippi. And you had Alabama going to play Ole Miss in um, whatever shitty Mississippi town they play and I don't remember off the top of my head and um alabama was number three uh obviously And texas a&m like i said was number six and they both went down uh mississippi state beat the hell out of texas a&m kind of showed that they were overrated uh really shot up the polls after you know molly whopping a completely overrated south carolina team still trying to figure itself out in week one and uh ole miss i'll give it to them they they showed some guts uh, they were down 14 at the half, ended up winning. Uh, I believe the final was 23-17, something like that. And, um, you know, big wins for both of them. So you had number, number three and number six go down on Saturday. Oregon actually lost at home to Arizona on Thursday night, and that, they were number two. So at this point you've got two and three and six went down. Uh, number four, Oklahoma, also went down at TCU. So you had two, three, four, and six. And then late night, I actually missed the ending of this game, so I completely missed this until like first thing Monday morning when people were talking about UCLA choking. I was like, what? No way. And go online, sure enough, uh, number eight, UCLA, lost to Utah. So basically you had two, four, uh, two, three, four, six, and eight all lost in one week and it's just it's absolute mayhem so then you have teams that were like 10 and 11 jumped to the top 5 because everybody in front of them lost sure and because it, they're undefeated it, yeah it just what it reminded me of was 2007 which was the year that USF started off 6 and 0 and ended up climbing up to number 2 in the national rankings and it wasn't it wasn't anything amazing that usf did i mean it it was obviously it was a great run for us it was exciting you know we beat we beat auburn on the road when they were number 17 we beat uh west virginia when they were number i think number five uh coming into our house and so we had some really big wins but we were launched to number two because everybody in front of us kept losing you know so for like those first six weeks of the season somebody in the top 10 usually a couple teams lost every week So it was it was fun as a USF fan because you're watching all these other games, and this is the one time you're like, man, I really hope this team, this team, this team, this team, and this team, right? Lose.
1: Yeah, we never had that pleasure of like watching other games to hope that they lose so that we can move up in the ranks. Exactly. You
0: know? So you know, like at the end of the week, Sunday morning, I'd be looking through the polls, going, okay, this team lost, this team lost, this team lost, this team lost, and this team lost. So realistically, I could see us jumping up to this spot, and. Before you know it, we're in the top 10. Well, then LSU loses, so they fall back. And, and a handful of other teams in the top 10 lose. Uh, Oregon lost at some point, dropped them back when they were number two. Um, so we just slowly, 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 but surely made our way up to number two. And 2007 was just that wild and wacky type of season where we ended up with a two-loss team playing for the national title in LSU. And they played a one loss, one loss Ohio State team, uh, you know, and obviously trounced them, and, and went on to win yeah. their title or whatever. And and uh, that was just the type of year it was. It was like it seemed like every week someone in the top five lost, and it you know it worked out so that LSU lost in the last week of the regular season to Arkansas, you know, for their second loss, and then dropped them out of the national title spotlight. But then the next week during conference championship week, another couple teams in front of them lost and bumped them right back up into number two so they could play for the title. It was just, it was that wild and wacky type of season. And I think this year there was enough parity going in. There was a lot of uncertainty with, you know, the top five, top ten teams, like how solid they really were. And now you start seeing it. You know, now we're we're five, six weeks into the season, and now you've got five of the top eight lose in the same week. And the bright side for all those teams is that all those other teams lost. So now, even with one loss, they're not out of it. Right? You know what it's still I mean? Kind of, like uh, up for grabs. Exactly. Yeah, you you can get right back into it next week, blow somebody out, and somebody else in front of you loses. The thing to watch this week will be um, I'm not sure if either one of them has a bye week this week, but Mississippi and Mississippi State are both doing things that they haven't done uh, in Mississippi's case since the 70s and Mississippi State since ever. So now you've got this super high of beating, you know, top five, top six team, and now you've yeah, been you launched be and they're both tied for number three in the AP poll. So now you've got all these people telling you how awesome you are, and you just had the greatest, greatest week of your life. It's real easy to have that
1: letdown next week. It's hard to hit the gym like you did two weeks earlier, you know? Yeah,
0: and especially against the SEC. And we, we rail on it all the time because there's an SEC Love Fest circle jerk going on around the country. But uh-huh. it really it is a good conference, and it, it's one of those you, you just can't you can't have a letdown week or you're going to get kicked in the gonads and you're going to find yourself back on the outs. So it'll yeah. be interesting to watch the two Mississippi schools going forward to see how they handle all this outrageous success that they've never had. You know what I mean? It's just like they haven't done it before. They don't know how to handle it. Not only does do the players there not know how to handle it because these schools have been crap for you know at least a handful of years in Mississippi's case in Mississippi state i don't remember the last time they were relevant right you know so it's like not just the players don't have any experience with this the fans really don't have any experience with this and the, the university itself doesn't have any experience with this right you know yeah, what i mean like this is this is an entirely it's not a case like usc where in the mid 90s they were down for a few years and then in the early two thousands, you know, Pete Carroll gets him back up and it's just the players that haven't experienced this before, but there's a lot of people around the program that have that can, you know, keep them focused. These schools just aren't aren't um, they haven't they haven't enjoyed this much success. So it'll be interesting and, to see how they do going forward, but I think you're gonna end up with them losing a couple games. Florida State has not looked good, so I think you could see them lose a game or two. I just think at this point, this is a perfect year to start the playoff.
1: I agree because it's yep. going to
0: be such a cluster at the end of the year. You're going to have so many teams with one or two losses, you know, maybe even three losses. That this committee, be nice, yeah, this committee's is actually going to have to do their job and and work to make a selection, you know, and to come up well, with four teams and. I think years like this, if we have another year or two like this going forward, they're going to have to expand the playoffs because you can't Which just— be awesome. Yeah, you can't just arbitrarily choose four teams and go, well, you had the most impressive two losses out of these 15 teams that all had two losses. <laughs> right. You just can't do it. So at some point—and this is why during BCS, I always rooted for chaos— because the BCS was a flawed system and the only thing that could take it down is chaos. When you have so many teams at the end that can all make a case to be in the top 2 in the national title game
1: or a shared Someone title. is
0: Yeah, someone's always going to get left out. And in large cases, in many cases, several teams would get left out. And so now you've got full conferences, you know, yelling and bitching about how the BCS sucks. And lo and behold, what happens they come up with a playoff. You have a few more years like this, and I'll continue to root for chaos because it's fun. You know, when when everybody, big teams are going down week after week, it's just fun. You know, because then the next week is, well, what big team is going to lose this week? Right. And so I I will continue to root for chaos, and I think we have another two, three, maybe four years like this. You're going to have to see an expansion in the playoffs. You know, it's going to have to happen. And expanding the playoffs is good for everybody. It's good for teams. It's good for uh, the bigwigs' wallets. It's good for the fans because fans can't get enough football. I, I just right. think it, at some point I can see them first expanding to eight, but within the next decade, I wouldn't be surprised if they're up to 16.
1: Wow. That would be. A long-ass tournament. You know, you're talking about an extra month of football. Tra- well, and that's traveling. That's
0: really what what you're getting in the NFL. You play NFL up through December, and then January is playoffs. First week of this, of uh, February is the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, that's true. So
0: I could see I could see a scenario where they do this, and you know they start the playoffs. And this I've long said this was the the perfect way to go about this: is start the playoffs when you start the bowl season. And, because yeah, I you, like that. you know, you have bowl games on December 20th that no one gives a crap about anyway. Nobody's really watching them anyway. So you're not going to damage the ratings too bad. And who knows, maybe you get more people to watch it because they're like, oh, football. Well, then I can flip back over here to football, 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 football. You know, yeah. so I'd say start the playoffs when you start the bowl season. And each successive week you play these these bowl games, you know, or the playoff games. And then you only end up pushing the championship off another week from where it's been lately anyway. Because the way it's been the last five, six years, it's been the second week of January as it is. So you can't tell me that the schools are concerned about the students and their testing when they're doing this anyway. You know what I mean? So play the playoffs. You don't really give a shit about their schooling anyway. That's never been (laughs) what it's been about. So let's just go 16 teams.
1: Make some extra money. You're
0: looking at a four-week playoff there. Start December 20th. You end up going a week past where it's going now anyway.
1: I love it. I wanted to uh, get into the University of Florida for a second. Sure. Um, they uh, they had a great game this week. Um, Total sneeze And they have seen their uh, first uh, glimpse at what the uh, spotlight looks like. Um, so, their quarterback has, uh, went all famous Jameis on us, and he's been, um, accused of sexual assault, um, but you gotta hand it to, uh, Florida, they did the right thing, and from what I understand, they suspended him, right, like, immediately?
0: Yeah, they've, they've, uh, shielded him away from team activities, so basically they're saying, you're not practicing, and you can't play, so, I mean, it's the right thing, um, Given the history of Florida and Florida State and Miami, and them willing to um, I look the other way when guys are making dumb mistakes off the field.
1: Yeah, I wonder than, you know track and field uh, sports as opposed to football.
0: Yeah, I just I wonder baseball. if Florida State hadn't botched the Jameis Winston thing like they did, and. If domestic violence with athletes well, wasn't front and center in in the media because of Ray Rice and Jameis Winston, you know, and Adrian Peterson and all that, would Florida have actually done this? Would Florida have gone, Okay, we have to suspend you now? Or would they have said, Well, we'll wait until the investigation happens and then you know, when the charges come down then we'll handle it then?
1: he's innocent until he's proven guilty because i
0: mean that's the american way they've had thieves um they've had murderers on the team like this is yep aaron hernandez people getting in fights outside of campus all the time like florida florida state and this is not to say these are the only two in the country but as far as in the state of florida this is what we know
1: and we yeah, we get a lot of exposure to these two schools. Yeah. So this would be why, you know, we know a little bit about them. Yeah, they've let a
0: lot of stuff slide. I mean, you look at in ninety nine when the Seminoles were making a championship run and it came out that Peter Wark uh, I think LaBernia's the situation goals. was they were paying for clothes at Dillard's with like a fraudulent check or something like that. Uh, Peter Work is a superstar, and he was—he uh, had a Heisman campaign that year. Uh, he ended up getting derailed because they suspended him for two games. Um, Lavernius Coles, who was not having a Heisman campaign, was kicked off the team. Yep. Peter Work comes back two weeks later. Oh, everything's fine. You know, he's clearly a criminal. They felt the need to suspend him and all that stuff, but we're willing to look the other way because. He's got a Heisman candidacy to tend to, and we have a national title to win. So we'll let him back, but Laverne's calls you suck, so get out, kick rocks. Kid. Yeah,
1: and who who got the last laugh on that deal, though? You know, yeah. Well, Laverne's Coles ended up having a better NFL career, surprisingly. Right, and you remember like when he would do Monday Night Football and they always announced their schools and stuff like that. He would always uh, he would always mention his high school as opposed to uh, Florida State,
0: and rightfully so. Rightfully so, Yo. he was wrong. You know, I feel like if you keep Peter Work on there, you have to keep Lavernius Coles.
1: I agree. I mean, I think... And now, I think it would happen. I think, you know, that they would either keep them both or ditch them both. Yeah. Um, But that's just because of the spotlight that they have now. You know, no one's there to tweet that, Uh, you know, they saw Lavernius Coles walking around in a new suit or some, you know, gator shoes or something like that. So, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, um, all
0: that, it just makes me wonder if... The current media environment with domestic violence, both sexual assault and, you know, beating people, if it weren't the way it it, it was, it, it is now, would Florida have said we're going to suspend him indefinitely until we figure out what's going on with the investigation? I just don't think they would have. Given Florida's track record, I don't think they would have.
1: But we will give them the benefit right now sure. uh, for doing the right thing. You know, go ahead and put the kid on the bench, especially... It's, and you know what? They don't have a season on the line. You know what I mean? It's easy to do that. Exactly. Yeah, right. It's easy just to grab any any dummy off the field and just say, oh, you got to ride the bench so we can get to 500. Big deal. And to be fair, um, too, it is
0: the freshman quarterback that they they don't necessarily, they weren't planning on relying on this year, and they kind of just threw him because Jeff Driscoll sucks, like, out loud. He does suck. So I they have their senior quarterback to turn back to in the meantime but i don't it's just it's not a good situation and this is not to say that you know they should take it lightly or anything like that they do they are for sure doing the right thing um i just i can't help but wonder if if the current climate media climate was different would they have done it i just don't think they would have
1: so i agree um the uh the old conference shakeup uh, rumor mill has uh, reared its ugly head. Um, I guess, Billy, you saw an article uh, about maybe an ACC shakeup, um, maybe trying to get some teams out of Conference USA. Yeah, um, well, Ameri- you know. here,
0: here's what, um, in this, I put as much faith into this article, air quotes article. <laughs> I got you. <clears throat> on, uh, it's basically, <clears throat> what, what it basically amounts to is an AAC blog, uh, from what I've been told, it branched off from the comments section on the Big East blog on ESPN. So that tells you how much uh, legitimacy there is to it. Um, he basically said that, he, he summarized the week for the AAC and then said that the Big 12 is looking to expand again and they'll probably take four teams and it will probably be USF, UCF, ECU, and Cincinnati. I put zero faith into any of that happening. Um, I could see somewhere down the line, if USF gets the ship righted, I could see them taking USF and UCF for the simple fact that apparently their ratings aren't doing well because all their best markets are in the same area. And the rest of their markets are smallish. Uh, Ames, Iowa turns out is not a huge market uh, Right West Virginia's got a decent market but it's West Virginia
1: you know, Yeah, and Morgantown's not very big
0: Yeah, and you know, Baylor yeah, they're at the top now but they're overshadowed media-wise by Texas, uh, Texas Tech Texas A&M, Oklahoma Right,
1: there's so many other teams yep.
0: So, you know The prevailing thought is the Big 12 is going to want to get into the state of Florida, you know, to expand their media footprint, which is what you saw the Big 10 do when they went after Maryland and they went after Rutgers. It was an attempt to get the Maryland, D.C. area media market and the New York City media market, which nobody in New York City pays attention to Rutgers anyway. Right. But they can say they're in the market you know so that's just another market that they can push their stupid big 10 network on you know and make more money and the more money the network makes the more money the schools make so
1: right so it know. makes sense
0: so essentially the prevailing thought is the big 12 wants to get into florida to expand its media market and the reason USF and UCF have been have been talked about ad nauseum is Tampa and Orlando are fairly sizable media markets. Uh, they're both, I believe, both are top 20 media markets nationally. And so what you would do if you had both those markets is you've basically locked up all of central Florida. You've, you've locked up the middle part of the state. The problem is most people in those areas aren't watching those teams because right. especially Tampa is flooded with Gators alum, uh, FSU alum, and also Backwoods Rednecks who, you know, they daddy grew up watching the Gators. So they're Gators yeah, yeah. fans, you know. Yep. USF is just in a spot where, you know, we're just now, I think we've talked about this before, we're just now getting to the generation of kids that have grown up with USF football. You know, we're that right. young. So we don't we don't have a huge chunk of the market. But... It could just be they want to have they want to be able to say, you know, they've got shares in the market, right? So that it, they well, they would
1: just be another channel to sell to the cable company, you know, yeah, to put on and, their lineup.
0: And this is provided the Big Twelve wants to come out with their own TV network. You have the Longhorn Network for Texas, and the rumor is that the Big Twelve is going to come out with a network to run alongside that. Which seems stupid to me that you're going to let this one school have their own network, and then the rest of the, the conference gets a separate network. It's weird to me, but apparently Texas holds that kind of clout because if they wanted to, they could separate and do whatever the hell they want to. They make that much money. Um, but supposedly yeah, the Big 12 is trying to get a network launched, and apparently just having teams in the region means they can you know, push that package in that region monetize yeah and and put that on on more tv sets more eyeballs air quotes on their product even if they don't own the market so
1: yeah i agree so um i'd be interested in seeing usf move to one of the power conferences if you will yeah um, cuz they i don't going to happen and, yeah, yeah i agree And, you know. and
0: the other one the uh the other rumor that i saw from you know more twitter blowhards is that um miami is being talked to someone's getting in their ear and telling them that if they were to go to the big 12 with UCF they would make more money there number 1 i'm pretty sure they already make 20 million dollars a year just off media rights in the ACC number 2 the big 12 i think right now is at like 22 or 24 a school for their media rights so it's not a huge increase and it also doesn't account for the fact that they would have to buy out their grant of rights that they signed with the ACC for like fifty million dollars or something like that that they would have to pay to get out and be able to use their TV rights their third tier TV rights that's like the local packages and shit like that so I don't see Miami leaving however if they did the thought is If they went to the Big 12 with UCF, then suddenly the ACC has a spot open for a Florida team to get it back in the Florida market that they just lost with Miami. Um, Plug in USF, and yay, we're in the ACC. If I had to choose a scenario, I would prefer the ACC. Number one, it's easier. Um, There's not as many good teams as there is in the Big 12. There's FSU and Clemson. And FSU and Clemson. So, you know, it would be an easier conference to be competitive right away in. Uh, You also would have the, the added bonus for fans that most of the games would be within the region. You wouldn't have to worry about booking flights to El Paso or, you know, booking flights up to... Hartford, Connecticut, or booking flights to, you know, West Virginia somewhere. So, you know, most of the games would be drivable. You can drive to Tallahassee. You can drive to Atlanta to go to the Georgia Tech game. You can drive to the Carolinas to play North Carolina, Duke, Wake Forest, NC State. You know, it's not a terrible drive. It's a one-day drive. You could be up there in, in, you know, 8 to 10 hours depending on how you drive. So... You know, that would be fun. And we would get a shot at making Syracuse our bitch again. And we would get a shot to, to, you know, give Pitt a shot to the nuts for getting this whole ball rolling in the first place. Right. So I would actually prefer to land in the ACC. I just don't see Miami leaving for the Big 12 for, you know, an extra million or two. And the one thing that would give this some kind of legitimacy, these rumors going around that this stuff is kicking up again. Is that supposedly the AAC commissioner, Aresco um, Mike Aresco, is trying to negotiate with ESPN to get the conference more money? Because with the last media deal, we kind of got effed in that all the teams that brought any value to it took off because ESPN told them to, and so we ended up with two, to, I think like two and a half or three million a year per school. As compared to the 18 and up for every other conference. And supposedly he's trying to renegotiate a little bit. Um, I don't know, ratings may have been better than ESPN expected. Um, but he's trying to renegotiate this, which is supposedly putting pressure on other conferences that might need to act. It's putting pressure on them to act faster. So, so, you know, there's people saying that if it happens, it's going to happen within the next month or two. But again, I don't put much faith in it. Um, when it comes to this realignment stuff, it's basically, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah,
1: it really has to actually physically shake out for it yeah. to be done. Because, I you mean... know, because things change so quickly.
0: You talk rumors-wise, if, if rumors went to fact... We're in the Big 12 already as of like four years ago. You know? So. Right. We're clearly not. We're still in the American Athletic Conference. So. Or as I like
1: to call it, Conference USA? Yeah.
0: Conference USA 2.0. Uh right. Demerica. It just. I. I just, once we get into another conference, I'll finally believe that we're getting into another conference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the way I look so at see it. See it
1: on the schedule. I'd like to see ACC also for the basketball aspect. I think it'd be a lot of fun teams yeah. to bring it to town, and you know, to, to for that aspect of it, I think it would be awesome.
0: I think so. it'd be great to see the Tar Heels or Duke in, in, sure. uh, in the Sundome. you know, and be yep. able to just go buy fifteen dollars tickets to go see that happen. It'd be amazing.
1: Yeah, it'd be great. You know, maybe we get a shot at hosting some of the tournaments, I mean, it would be really cool. Um, I only, I wanted to just touch on USF. They were off last week. They got uh ECU coming this week. Billy, who do you got? Give me give me super fan pick and give me realistic fan pick.
0: Well, super fan pick tells me we come out punch ECU in the dick. Um, be the the most physical team they've played so far this year and just shut them down defensively and Mike White Shows that, you know, and he's been showing signs. Mike White's been a little bit better. Um, He shows that he's finally put it together. He puts his best game together. Sean Price, you know, is finally getting into action. Uh, Dante Welch doesn't drop any passes. Uh, We do have Andre Davis coming back for the game. He goes off, scores a couple touchdowns, 200 yards receiving, and, you know, we upset ECU for homecoming. Um, Realistically, we played well against Wisconsin defensively, but they're run-oriented offense. And I believe they lost this last week and didn't look good doing it. Um, ECU, their offense will be a little more like NC State. They're gonna spread it out. They're gonna throw it all over the place. And until our defense shows me that they are capable of stopping that, it frightens the crap out of me. So, we really need the offense to play ball control, uh, melt the clock, run the ball a lot. We need Marlon Mack and Dearness Johnson to just dominate on the ground because if the other team doesn't get the ball, the other team can't score. So hopefully we can get the run game going. Mike White can hit a few passes to loosen up the defense, you know, to keep the run game give them some room. Um uh, realistic fan says it it'll probably end up a loss however i am going to go into it a super fan and you know hope that we win by say 15 20 points and and get the ball rolling to you know not lose get another us to game. 500 yeah. yeah get us to 500 because i mean at this point we're two and three and realistically before the season i thought we'd be three and two at this point so we're not that far off Six and six is still attainable. Uh, Memphis looks a lot better than everybody thought. Um, They really put it on Cincinnati. Cincinnati's defense is terrible, and I believe when we play them, uh, their quarterback, starting quarterback, is hurt, so maybe he'll still be out by then. So, I mean, if if we can even keep it close with ECU, I think it gives the guys confidence going forward, and there's no reason we can't win four more games down the stretch and you know, get back to five hundred. So I'm still I'm optimistic for the second half of the season. Uh win or lose against ECU, I think we're in good shape
1: heading down the stretch. I agree. Um yeah, and you know this will be fine. get back at get home, play another home game, uh homecoming. You know, I think if you got a shot at it, it's this week. Absolutely. Uh, so um I wanna kinda move away from sports now and get into a little uh parenting. Um, I had the luxury of taking my family, which is my wife uh, and my two and a half almost three year old son, uh, to uh, West Palm Beach or Palm Beach uh, for a wedding. Um, my wife's cousin got married uh, this weekend. It was uh, we got invited you know we figured uh, there was a you know a buy game and this you know, everything lined up like let's go, right? Sure. Um, so the only road trip we'd taken him on, we drove him one other time, my, my son to Pensacola. Yep. Um, but we, we did it at night, um, so that he would sleep, Yes. you know, sleep the whole time. So Makes sense. that was, that was easy. You know, he stayed up for like an hour or two, but then fell asleep in his chair and didn't budge again, you know, until, uh, uh, you know, like six in the morning. Um, this time we decided, you know what, let's get him a good night's sleep. Uh, since we're going to go to a wedding, Uh, I was probably going to run late. I don't want him to be up all night and then not sleep, and then he's miserable for the wedding. Sure. Um, So we were going to just – we got everything ready Sunday or Saturday morning. The wedding wasn't until, like, 6. So we were going to go to the hotel, chill out, get in the pool, that kind of stuff. So we uh, jump in the car. We have a rental car because my wife's truck was in the shop, Mm -hmm. and the shop gave us a rental car because it's going to take too long. Uh, It was a nice shop that we use. Uh, so we had a nice van, had a DVD player, thank God, uh, played Peter Pan and the Incredibles uh, on the way down. Nice. Couldn't have, gone, couldn't have gone smoother. The kid did not sleep a wink on the way down, um, but we were we did get up early, so he was in the car by like seven thirty eight o'clock. Yeah. So we get down there, we do our thing, we're getting dressed, you know, we go to the pool, we have some fun. Um, we take him to the wedding, and he falls asleep on the way to the wedding.
0: Oh, man.
1: Yep. That's bad <laughs> you know, news, Bears. Yep. Well, we tried to get it, you know, we we tried to do the pool so we could wear him out, you know, swimming him all over, keeping him in the sun. Yeah. Um, So that we could get him down for a nap. We went back to the hotel room. You know, we turned all the lights off, put the AC down, you know, we just kind of laid there. Hopefully, he thought he would just get bored and fall asleep. Yeah. No, he was too excited. You know, it's a hotel. Yeah, there's too much new stuff going on. Right, exactly. So he falls asleep on the way to the wedding, and I'm like, oh, Dadgum it
0: Yeah So Not you, in those words At this point you either You're left with the option Of staying in the car For
1: the wedding While he sleeps Or <laughs> You try <laughs> to keep him asleep
0: up. On your shoulder Which usually doesn't so, work out
1: So well We we were there early um, You know We we weren't quite sure We didn't know our way around And it's at her cousin's place Which is out in the sticks Yep Um. So it's 20 minutes away From this hotel Which isn't too bad 20 minutes isn't bad But you know When part of it goes down A dirt road You know you're in trouble Yeah um so we get there and we're like 45 minutes early. So we look at each other and we're just like, "You know what? We're just going to chill in the car." You know. Sure. You know, give your phones, uh, plug your phone in, browse Facebook, whatever. We're just going to chill here until like the very last second. Yeah, get the boy some sleep. Right, exactly. Um so we're sitting there. The boys asleep. Um and he starts waking up like mm, 10 minutes before we're supposed to go to the wedding. So we're like, and he had only been asleep for like 45, well, maybe an hour. Okay. Um, he was pissed off, you know, like he had been go, go, go all day long. Only got an hour nap. Um, so we go to sit down in our little seats in this, it's an outdoor ceremony. Um, and he starts freaking out, you know, like I want to water. I want to go down. I want to see the ducks. Look at the horsey. Of course. And, um, Jen, my wife, Jen, she's like, get him out of here. You know, like that (laughs) face, you know? (laughs) And I'm like, uh, get him out of here. Like, uh, you know, choke him. What do you want me to do? Um, so I walked down, uh, like any good guy would do. I found the beer tub. Yeah. Um, and me and Finn hung out by the beer tub. And I, so I missed the, I missed the actual ceremony. It looked nice from, you know, 150 yards away. Uh, I think, I think they were enjoying themselves up there. Um, I had a couple of beers while I waited. I let Finn just play with the ice. Uh, he ate some ice out of the beer tub. I hope it was okay. Nice. He didn't seem to get sick. Um, so that was that. So then it's, you know, picture time. You know, you have about an hour between ceremony and reception, which is also in the backyard. They yeah. set up this beautiful tent, lots of cool lights. It was really nice, nicely done in the tent. Sure. Um, it was air conditioned. I mean, like, they, they had these, like, portable air conditioners that set up, huge generator. I mean, it was, like, really nice. Nice. Um, So our table is right next to the cake. Perfect. Uh, And if there's one thing a two-year-old doesn't (laughs) want to do, he doesn't want to wait for his food, uh, and he does want to eat cake. So he kept trying to stick his fork into the wedding cake, which was, like, right behind his table, his chair. Um, So that was a fun uh, game to play, was keeping him away from the wedding cake. Um, And then as the um, you know like the the grooms and all they start coming in and they do their entrance thing, um, he wants to obviously go out on the dance floor and uh, be a part of all of that, um, so then he 's pissed off that i won 't let him you know go out into the middle of the dance floor and do his thing, of course, um, so I get the get him out of here look so i 'm like oh, it's so hot outside i don 't want to go outside. I want to stay in here and drink yeah, um so I take him outside and he's all over the place, running up and down he's pissed off and then he starts with the i want to go home i want to go home naturally clear as day he says i want to go i've never heard him say that before but he looks at me he goes "Daddy, i want to go home and it's like what am i supposed to tell him uh it's only you know nine o'clock and daddy's trying to get his drink on yeah you know every other night the kid can be at home you know and he can rock out till 11 o'clock no questions asked you know what i mean absolutely um so you know we kind of got a little frustrated with each other. Um, you know and you know, Jen's mom offered to watch him. Yeah. And we should should have taken her taken her up on it. Um, but we just basically we learned the hard way that a uh two almost three year old doesn't belong does at be- a wedding. Doesn't belong at a wedding. Yep. I mean, really unless he's carrying rings or dropping flower petals or whatever it is that little kids do in weddings. Uh he doesn't belong there. You yeah. know, he was the youngest kid there. Um it just, you know, and everybody the next day was like, because we met all of them up for lunch before we came back up. They're like, oh, he's so well behaved. And <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God, what kind of kids do you hang around? Seriously. And he was like a monster. Like, I saw Red. Like, you know, I never wanted to fight a two-year-old before, but golly, <laughs> it was close. <laughs> and bless his heart, you know, because we put him in that scenario. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, he didn't know so any better. It's, it's my fault, you know, for, uh, you know, for bringing him there. Sure, um, But, you know, we wanted to show him off. He's a good-looking kid. We, you know, her family hadn't seen him before. Uh, you know, she's got all of her cousins and aunts and uncles there. So, um, you know, we, we really thought we we could do it, you know? Yeah. So we, we bit off a little more than we could chew this weekend. Um, but lesson learned um, for those of you out there. Um, with weddings coming up, if you've got toddlers, just go ahead and book the sitter. Yeah. Uh, as much as you want to show them off. Uh, that's fine. You can do it at, like, a rehearsal dinner or, like, a day after brunch or something like that. That's fine. Definitely. For the actual ceremony and the actual reception. Leave do home. Don't be those parents who brought that kid. Because yeah. I was the, the parent that brought that kid, and I, you know, I did my best to keep him from stealing the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> awesome. So, Sounds like that was a good time. Um, it, You know... For as much work as it was, I did enjoy myself um i didn't have an, as many beers as I would have liked, but you know what those are the breaks yeah um so it got me thinking you know my whole adventure this weekend um I, and I was kind of just clicking around and i I managed to browse onto this uh huffington post um art, i don 't say article but it's probably more like a uh, um, uh collage if you will of tweets sure and they kind of grabbed some parenting tweets for the week and i wanted to kind of read some of them to you because uh, i thought they were funny and you probably relate to them uh as much as i do absolutely um so the first one uh some of these are like you know parenting magazines which might not count they could be made up but anyway um so this one is uh, "Lurk at Home Mom says, Before I had kids, I didn't even know it was possible to destroy an entire house with a granola bar. <laughs> I,
0: th- I think I saw that one actually the other day. <laughs> it's true. You know, it's amazing what a toddler can do with the simplest <laughs> of tools. With like
1: a bowl of Cheerios. It's like, yeah, uh, How did it's you amazing. make this mess? Exactly. Um, this one is Courtney Christine. She is at, uh, it's called Discord. It says 90%... Uh ninety percent of being the parent of a toddler is spent in the bathroom while she sits on the toilet singing. It's um and I've kinda of been there. Um yep.
0: Bub when he decides he wants to sit on the toilet, sometimes I'm like, Alright Bub, you know, let's hurry up. You know, yeah, business exactly. and let's go. And he's just sitting there playing with his wiener I'm like, Come on, man.
1: <laughs> he's reading a book, he's playing some stickers, yeah, you know. It's or he a, wants to play the to the ABC
0: games on my phone and I'm like Kid, come on! I I want to go back out and watch and every the rest of Lego away, Movie.
1: Every time you walk away, he screams for you, and you're afraid he's going to get up with like a monkey tail hanging <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be a mess. You really don't want to leave him.
0: Exactly, exactly. Or well, you know what he's been doing to us lately, and I think this is this is a product of, of being at school. You know they they've got like a little mini bathroom in his classroom, and they've uh-huh. got it closed off with a curtain, and so when he's You know, taking the Browns to the Super Bowl, the teacher has him close the curtain because she says, nobody wants to see that. (laughs) Makes perfect sense. So the other night, uh, Heather was home with him and he said, Mommy, I got to go poop. So he runs to the bathroom, he sits on the toilet, and she was going in there to turn on the light and sit with him. He goes, Mommy, get out (laughs) and slams the door (laughs) on her. And then, you know, scared. Yeah, and then so he shuts her out. Doesn't want her to watch him, which I get. Who wants someone to watch you while you're pooping? It's just weird. And (laughs) so he's excited and opens the door and says, Mommy, come. Mommy, come. And look, a turtle. And there, you know, he's got a little man-sized turtle in there. (laughs) But he doesn't want
1: to be watched. Sometimes will go. he'll look at me and he'll go, Hand. He wants to hold my hand while he's (laughs) deucing. And I'm like, this is so (laughs) weird, bro. Why are we holding hands (laughs) and just a turd sign out of your butt? (laughs) Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. (laughs) Um, This one comes from Paige Kellerman. She says, uh, For someone who tried to put a shirt on through the armhole this morning, the two-year-old sure bosses me around a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. They're the boss of everything. (laughs) Hey, yo. Cordy Jones says, I should have just named my son, Don't Touch That.
0: Nice. Yeah, nice. I get That's that true. a lot. All right, we're out in public. Hey, hands off. Don't touch that. No, don't move that. Leave it. Yep. No, put Leave. it back. Bub, you better put that back on the shelf. Oh, don't drop
1: Oh, now we got to yep. pay for that. Um, yep. Um, this is called Bad Parenting Moments. Um, people who claim that the most beautiful thing to watch is sleeping children have never watched anyone do their dishes. <laughs> so they're insinuating that it's better to watch someone else do your dishes than it is to see your, uh, uh, you know, your child sleep.
0: I would say, as a man, it's probably about equally beautiful watching your child sleep and watching your wife do the dishes, <laughs> right. and or the laundry, and or vacuuming, and or ironing your clothes. How
1: about uh, Bizarro Mark? If you've ever given given a kid a kazoo as a party favor or a gift just know that that kid's parents hate you
0: <laughs> it's true you know I had a uh, I had uh my cousin I was the oldest of my I'm the oldest in my family only cousins and everything by five and a half years and so one of my cousins I think had a birthday coming up and it, he was gonna be I like Three or four, something like that. And we were at Walmart, my mom and I were at Walmart looking for presents for him. And I saw a megaphone complete with police siren and everything. And I thought, Mom, I bet, yeah, I bet he'll love this. And she said, Sure, Aunt Lori won't, but let's get it. And so, from what I gathered from conversations um, with Aunt Lori and, and the cousins, he played with it, like, once, and it got locked away in a closet.
1: <laughs> nice. So. also Thank you, Cousin Billy, for that gift that you got to use for 10 minutes. Absolutely. Uh, Tara Brown says, parenting is stressful because when kids are loud, they're annoying, and when they're quiet, they might be about to lose a limb.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's when they're loud, you want to tell them to shut up, but when they're quiet, you're thinking, oh, all right. Wrong? What just happened? He he's quiet. He's normally you know loud as a train rolling through town. What is he getting into?
1: <laughs> no, I agree. If I if I have been out and he's not in the same room as me and he's going 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 loud loud loud, loud and all of a sudden he's quiet. I'm like, um, what? He's just pooping. Happened? He's pooping yep. in the corner. Yes. <laughs> uh, um. Uh, this is from Mommy Land Rants. This is a pro tip. If one of my kids says, close your eyes and open your mouth, you should never, ever do it. <laughs> that's, that's good life advice. I'm going to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I think anybody tells you close your eyes and open your
1: mouth, that's a pretty good idea yep. not to. You should not do that. Especially
0: yep. toddlers who are just as likely to put their turd in there.
1: <laughs> um, let's see. I'll, I'll give you two more. Let's see here. Um. Uh, Comparing pet uh, comparing pet ownership to parenting is like saying, uh, owner is like comparing the ownership of a cat to the ownership of a lion.
0: Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. There was actually, I think, there's a story we had come across our wire feed about how people were were treating their pets like their babies, and just like how weird it is. And I would say, I thought. That I was treating my pets like our children, you know, when we had just the two dogs. And then we had a child, and it, it doesn't, it's, there's no comparison. Um, yeah. You know, the, the pets are unruly at times. Toddlers are unruly all the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the last one, it says, I get, I get so excited when Facebook tells me there are hot singles in my city who want to meet me. and Maybe they want to babysit. <laughs> nice there have there's a collection of uh parenting there's some other ones in there that were kind of lame and contrived uh so i spared you those um so that's about what all i've got for you this week sir um i do have a quote if you're interested sure um, hit me with it this one this one is from the modern day tony stark uh elon musk uh, he says this. He's the CEO of two companies, two fantastic companies, Tesla and SpaceX. Uh, and he said, "I would like to die on Mars, just not on impact." Nice. So, so that's all we've got for you guys this week. Um, thanks for thanks for listening in. I appreciate it, um, Billy. Anything?
0: Uh, check out the website foulweatherfans.com. Uh, check us out on Facebook slash BDSM Show at BDSM Show on Twitter. Uh, my uh, Phil Foulweather fans, Twitter is Billy Bowsocks FWF. That's where you can find me on Twitter if you'd like to make fun of me. So there's that. There you go.
1: And I'll probably have to make one of those here one of these days. So uh, probably work on it this week.
0: Yeah, maybe uh, uh, Devo sucks at fantasy football FWF.
1: Yeah, that could be, it fits perfectly. <laughs> um, so <laughs> thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you guys next week.
0: Alrighty, guys. See ya.